So what makes me different was that I was able to not only build chatbot systems that drive sales mainly for other businesses, like literally driving sales from their existing traffic. They don't have to do anything else. Don't spend more on ads. Don't do, don't affect anything else. You plug in a system like this and you drive more sales. Whoa, that's incredible. You are entering the Age Rebels Revolution. The intelligent podcast for over 40s who want to live their best life and defy your numbers. We are your hosts, Summer Bentley and Isaac Xavier. Come on in. Our guest today, Lisiana Carter, was born in Romania. She began her career as an accountant and also was involved in the family forestry business. Fast forward to today, she is living the dream on the Gold Coast here in Queensland with her self-made, massively successful AI business. She came here with little, her marriage ended soon after, and she had to navigate getting work, staying fit and healthy, and bringing up her young daughter. In alignment with the saying, success leaves clues, I felt compelled to have Liz on our podcast. This is not just a rags to riches story. It is so much more than just business success. Liz, you are clearly a person who has great vision and also the tenacity and discipline to execute this vision. Can you give us the story behind how you were living in Romania and working with a family business to where you're at now? Yeah, so I think it's important to mention that in Romania, I had, I had everything. So at the point where I decided to leave Romania, I, uh, I was pretty much dropping everything that I built uh, up to that point. And um, I hit a ceiling. So the, the reason why I eventually decided that I had to move to a first world country that I was looking for was because by the time I, hit, I was 30, I'd hit a ceiling in my, mainly in my professional, professional career. So because I saw myself, there was nowhere else for me to go higher in terms of development, career development, personal development. So I thought if I hit this ceiling by this time in my life, what's going to happen to my daughter? She's going to hit it much earlier and mm. um, she's going to leave. <laughs> so that's going to put me in a position of what do I do when I'm 40 or 50 or 60? And then she leaves and I'm being left behind. So um, in Romania, I started accountancy. I ran the family business with my father for seven, eight years uh, until the point where I decided to leave Australia. So when I decided to leave Australia, I didn't think or I didn't want to continue doing the same things that I had studied. And I said that I was going to become a online fitness coach. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? 2016. Yeah. 2016. So I started, and it was also a personal journey of my own. So I want, I've been wanting to, I'd been wanting to lose weight for a very long time. and tried a bunch of stuff, like all sorts of sports, all sorts of diets, read a lot. Eventually I landed on, all right, you got a weight lift. <laughs> you have to count your macros. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yes. It's not yeah. that hard. It's like, as far as information, it's fairly it, simple, really. Once, once you, you get the right information. But I think you need to do the journey, right? You need to navigate through trying all the diets and all the things to realize, oh, it's none of that. <laughs> and I, I navigated probably from the point when I was 14 up until uh, I would have nailed it when I was 
25-ish. So I kept trying out things. So when I figured it out, eventually, I was like, right, I'm going to just educate myself. I took a PT class. I studied nutrition for about a year. And then I said, I'm going to build an online course. And then because I had already decided I was going to live to Australia, I, I started reaching out to on Facebook. I was running Facebook ads and I was getting clients to women to coach them from Australia. So, and you were still in Romania? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was in the process of getting the visa. So I don't know if you're familiar, the visa takes a very long time, especially if you're going mm. for a permanent uh, residency, independent visa. So it took me about two years of mm-hmm. taking exams. I took the IELTS exam, which is an English exam, like four times, <laughs> four times in a row. Did they make you take it four times or you chose to take it four times? I, I chose to take it. Right. Because when you apply for the visa, they ask you to have, I believe it was, might even still be 60 points just to qualify. I mean, just to qualify to apply. But from my research, if you only had 60 points, then you could have, you could have applied, but you would have sat on the, on the list for two years, maybe never gotten the, the invite. So my immigrations agent said, look, if, if you're going to stand a chance, you got to apply for at least, with at least 70 points. And in order to get 70 points, you have to score as high as possible in IELTS. They have to recognize as many of your studies, work experience. That was pretty much it. So then that's what I kept doing for about two years. Wow, that's <laughs> commitment. You've, but you've got a master's, like accountants plus master's plus running the family business, yeah? Yes. Yeah. But they, they have to, they go through everything. Like mm. they are so, you know, Australia makes a business out of this. They only want the right people in. Mm. Yes. And uh, they did. So they did recognize they, 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 my master's, my, my first bachelor's. And it was good for me because the master's that I did was actually studying British, British everything, British law, British, which is oh, kind of the same. So, because we're in the Commonwealth, correct? Oh, fantastic! Correct. Well, that so worked like, for you. They <laughs> that covered like all of the subjects. They were instantly they went through. Oh, because fantastic! You have to gather points in that way as well. So, you just study this. All right, this applies. This applies. This doesn't apply. But for me, everything applied. <laughs> and what was it about Australia? Not to divert from Isaac's question, yeah. but what was it about Australia that you were so committed? <laughs> to coming here. It's going to be funny. It's I saw, a good story, this. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I was following Emily Sky. Oh, Emily Skyfish. She does. Here. She lives near here. So I love her. I, I was following her on Snapchat in 2015. I don't know, like a long time. And one day she flies from Sydney and on the airplane, she was Snapchatting <laughs> Surfers sort of Paradise from, from the airplane. I'm like, oh my God, where is that? <laughs> so I looked up Emily Sky. I, f- I found out where she lived and I saw Surfers Paradise on Google. I'm like, I'm going to live there. Easier said than done, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you clearly are the sort of person that once you set your eye on a goal, uh, you're like a dog with a bone. You just, that is happening and whatever I need to do to get there. That's, that's it. That's it. Right. So I then started, because I didn't know Australia, I could barely find it on the map. <laughs> It's sitting out by itself. I was in Romania. <laughs> I didn't think so to look funny. down. <laughs> that's so funny. So I I looked it up, I was like, well, that's 
that's a challenge. <laughs> so then I didn't know, like, how do you even get to Australia? How do you get in? So then I researched, I saw like all of these people applying and couldn't get in. <laughs> didn't you think we had planes? As airplanes, like how do you get there? It's <laughs> <laughs> like Americans, yeah, you know, they you're, you're have get no here, idea. But actually, get in, <laughs> yes, get into the country because yeah. you know the the system is really well put together. So when we flew in, I was just thinking that, but they knew at the airport it was like everything just like went through nothing mm-hmm. because our visas were approved, everything. So that's how it was. From the point where I saw the photo of Surfers Paradise, it would have been twenty fifteen ish. 2017. Wow. When I landed here. It's That's quick. incredible. Mm. Yeah. Because we, we have friends that it has taken a long time, a very difficult journey. So I'm so happy to hear this, that it's it's been a lot a lot smoother for some people. It's been because I aimed for the higher points. Right. So like I said, if you apply with 60 points, you could be sitting on the list for years. And when I applied, I got the invite in 24 hours. Yeah, so it goes back to that quote. What is it, the one about preparing to fail, fail to plan in that one? Oh, uh, yeah. If you fail. Pa- plan. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I've got a full <laughs> mental We know plate. it. We yes. know what it is. <laughs> Somebody please message us and remind us what that is. <laughs> so. Um, fail to plan or plan to fail. Yes, there you go. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I, I, when, when we spoke. Your story is fascinating. The fact that you came over here, you got the the visa pretty quickly, but well, considering like people sit on the list for years, and then when you got here, what did you do? Well, I had an online fitness business. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because what I do now, chatbots, is what I did then. So I joined this mastermind with a guy in Melbourne, Lynn Trin. He was, it's very funny. I, I'm very obsessed with Alex Ormosi. Oh, me yeah. too. And He's my fave. They were doing it together. So the, we had coaching with Alex Ormosi and all of this. And I didn't pay too much attention at that time. But I joined this mastermind, this one-year mastermind. And he was going to teach me how to run an online fitness business. And the first thing, like one of the first things he said, like, Gliz, go figure out how to, how to build chatbots <laughs> and start driving chatbot ads to sell your course, to sell your, and that's how I actually started building chatbots oh, back, in, amazing. back in 2016. Cause now like years later, when I went back to building chatbots, I reactivated all of the accounts that I started then. So it was very funny how it all played out. But when I got here, that's what I did for about, for a couple of years, uh, almost, almost. So I, I built a course. I started coaching, um, mainly women and it was initially I did one-on-one, I mean, not one-on-one, online, but one-on-one. Then I converted into a membership and I was running, I was doing a webinar, driving people, selling the course. And I did that until 2018, mid-2018, when I realized it was actually not making money. I was maybe bro- breaking even, maybe. So I think I spent like 20K on Facebook ads and I made 20K back. Yes. That was good. Yes. <laughs> hey, do you love this podcast? How about you share it with your friends and they get to love it too? What do you think is the reason? That, I remember when I spoke to you, I thought this was so funny, your answer, but what was the reason why you don't think you were successful uh, I as think, a coach? Yes. As, as a coach, I don't think I'm built to coach people because to me, just doing something, losing weight, getting in shape. To me, it's common sense. Once you've had the information, 
go do it. That's it. Whereas I was, I was coaching and dealing with, with women who just couldn't handle it. I was like, here's how you count calories, <laughs> get my fitness pal, go to the gym. <laughs> yes. And every day I had like, I had a Facebook group and it was just like blowing up. Some were getting results. Most were just falling off the wagon day after day after day. And I, I just think to me, being able to support them, I don't, I don't think I have it in me to continue or to motivate. To me, motivation is like, just, just do it. I completely understand <laughs> what you're saying. I'm very mm. similar to you in the sense of we don't use excuses we just find the knowledge, we, we get the knowledge, we gather the knowledge, we put a plan in place and we take the steps to roll out the plan. And it's sometimes difficult for us to see all of the excuses and the emotions, emotion, yeah, and all of the secondary gains and they're not willing to really lean into those, eliminate those and just do the actions to get the results. Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I would say it comes down to emotional discipline. Yes. Because if you have a look at some of the most successful people, they have the discipline. So once they have it in one area of their lives, it's going to apply in other areas. So you're able to stay in shape and then you want to build a business. Well, it's the same thing. Yes. <laughs> Just keep doing like the boring stuff that happens behind the scenes day after day after day, because you don't just become successful after you know, six months, one year, not even, I mean, depends on what you're aiming for, but if usually people want to, the big thing, right? So like have a business, make more money. Well, to get there, you just got to keep doing, you know, count your calories, go to the gym. <laughs> yes. And it's Same the thing. mastery of the basics. That's what I learned in martial arts. Yeah. Do you agree? Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Once you've nailed the basics, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I taught my daughter to count calories. So she reads everything. She knows she can eyeball a lot of foods already. Uh, she knows how much protein she can read the label. And I told her, this is a superpower most adults don't have. Uh, well, they, cho they choose ignorance over knowledge because it's not rocket science. Correct. But if, mm. how old is your daughter? 11. She's 11 and she can figure this out because she doesn't have any bias or emotional uh, scapegoats to be able to draw from. She's happy to just have the knowledge and use it for her greater good and for her health, which from my perspective, I think you might be the same. It is without it, you have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she's, she's still, she's 11. So, and she doesn't always use it, but if she comes to me in a supermarket with a bag of lollies, I will tell her you're happy, you're free to do whatever you want with it. All I want you to do is read me the label out loud. Tell me how many calories in the bag not per serving, not per hundred. Yes. <laughs> In the actual, how many, how much protein, how much fat, how much she carves. And sometimes she comes with something like ridiculous and she's like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. So she makes an informed decision. So some people go, oh my God, but it's actually, you're helping them to make an informed decision. You're not saying you can't have that. I did the same thing. It's not a, you can't have that. It's Read the information and make an informed decision based on what it is you truly desire. Do you want a quick fix or is there something better? And they get to make that decision. I think that is such a powerful skill. Mm. When I first spoke to Liz, I sort of thought, wow, Liz and Tink are going to get on really well <laughs> because they have this really strong masculine discipline, which is really healthy. And 
like when I just, the way you described it to me when we chatted, when you said, I just said, you know, it's like, go to the gym, look at your food. It's not like, I'm not going to baby you, you know, get, get your act together. That's why I'm not good as a coach. And, I, and it was good that you weren't because you've come to the business you've got now. But I'm really, the, and your, your absolute vision and tenacity about the Microsoft story and then how you left there and set up your own business. Please tell us that. That is the coolest. Yeah. So when I decided the fitness space is not for me, I, right, all right, I'm going to go back to what I know how to do, which was accountancy, all of these things. And I have um, some good friends in, in Brisbane and they are doing, they're working in the Microsoft space. I visited one them once and I'm like, when I, I always leave there with a very good idea that I'm going to actually, right, I'm just going to get in this space. Easier said than done. So I, I started, let's say, spamming people uh, on LinkedIn. So I found about 600 Microsoft partners in Australia and I just DM'd every single one of them. I told them, this is my resume. This is what I've been doing. This is what I can do. I will work for free if you give me a chance. 600 wow. direct messages. Plus minus, yeah. Over what, 30 days? Uh, much less. Like in the time span of, you know, just as long as LinkedIn didn't block me. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have done 600 in a day, but they block you. So you are, you are, I make a decision, I take action. There is no delay in that. Yes. I love mm. that. Yes. My mom calls me an extremist, but... um. It works. Yeah, so clearly. <laughs> I, I did get um, this Microsoft partner in Sydney reply back to me. I have like from six messages, 600 messages that I sent about two or three would have replied back. One was in Brisbane, one was in Sydney. And this guy in Sydney said, can you help with this? And he sends me a link of a new solution Microsoft had just released two months prior. I had a look at it and I'm like, well, I don't think anybody knows how to do this properly anyway, because it's just been released. So yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and obviously in Australia, it's illegal to work for free. So <laughs> he said, I'm going to pay you $25 an hour for the first month. And if you do what you say you can, you can do, you got yourself a job. <laughs> wow. Great. Good deal. So yeah, he put me through certifications. I got all of that and um, that was it. I got the job and I did that for about a year and it was, it was good. Very well paid, paid job. It, it was good. But after about a year, I realized I still wanted to do my own thing. Mm. Once you get the entrepreneur blood boiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it was a challenge for me because I had tried it with the fitness space and probably in between the fitness and the Microsoft, I tried a few different other things like affiliate marketing, opening a print on demand, e-com shop, and like <laughs> none of them worked. So I still wanted to figure out something, what's going to work for me? What can I do that I can do really well and nail it? So I quit my job, my Microsoft job. In the meantime, I said, I'm just going to think about it. I left on a cruise with my daughter. I actually, while thinking, couldn't come up with any new ideas. So I got a new offer from a Microsoft partner here on the Gold Coast in Helensville. <laughs> so like, I'll just take this one and figure it out. So I took the job. It was an office job. I hadn't worked in an office for ever since I left Romania. So probably three years. <laughs> took the job, came back from the cruise, started the job. 
quit after five days. I'm sorry. I, I was so sorry. I was so you remind me of me. <laughs> I'm now unemployable. I went, I went officially. Yes. Went, yes. Yes. I went to my first day and in the very first day, I was like, you just knew. Yeah. In the first day, yeah. my boss puts me against the wall, takes a photo of me, posts it, posts it on LinkedIn everywhere. I go, and you just went to jail. <laughs> so, you know, that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. So I quit. And then immediately after I quit, I came up with the idea of opening the chatbot agency. Because I, I kept going back to, okay, what did I like from what I tried? And I said I was going to open a chatbot agency and build chatbots for gyms and med spas. I don't know how I came up with this. I saw somebody, somebody else doing, do this, so I was like, I'll do it. So I started, again, spamming everybody. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Called <laughs> outreaching, like sending emails, texting, just like, oh my gosh. And eventually I started getting, uh, probably had a couple of gyms here in Australia. I found a med spa in LA. Right about the time my <clears throat> my business was taking off, COVID hit. Oh, wow. So I wasn't even paying attention to what was happening. I I do this very often. I don't pay attention to news. Or yeah, I'm happening. the same. I'm just in the, I'm mm-hmm. in my zone. Right, right. <laughs> don't come. Have you seen the sign on my door of the office? It, yes. it says on the outside of this door, if, yeah, if this door is closed up in the cave, don't even knock. <laughs> you can resonate then. Pretty much. Yeah. Smart exactly. boundaries. Exactly. <laughs> but then COVID hits and I'm like, I was trying to sign this med spa in LA, like on the call. And she's like, I think we're going to close down for like, I'm like, why? <laughs> well, because COVID. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this COVID you speak of? <laughs> so then she didn't sign. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> What's happening? And then, obviously, I had heard, like, I didn't think it was going to be, like, that bad. So, everything went to, it was, it was done. It wasn't going to happen. So, that was, COVID was in... 2020? 2020, was in March? March, yeah. yes. March. Yeah. yeah. So, then I'm like, well, this is not going to happen. So, I went back to the drawing mode. I'm like, well, the only business that's really going to work right now, if this is happening, is going to be online businesses. So I thought, what? I'm going to go after e-commerce businesses. But in the meantime, I had, I had caught a glimpse of AI. So I'm like, this sounds interesting. Let's, let, me, let me dive deep into this and see what, what's it about. And then I figured it out, not at a very advanced level, but I saw something of implementing AI with Facebook Messenger chatbots, which is what I was doing then. And then I just started pushing that. I was pushing AI with Facebook Messenger chat to e-commerce stores because they were going through the roof. So that is a classic example of reading the room. So high emotional intelligence, which we were speaking about at the beginning, we were talking about uh, the emotional intelligence and and um, being able to assess yourself very quickly, and then you've brought that to now to be able to pivot very quickly. So it's really interesting how important and potent AI is in actually making good quality and rapid necessary business decisions. When you saw, okay, that industry is going, not going to work, but it's still relevant. Where can I place myself that is actually going to be progressing in this situation? Correct. Wow. 
Right. And I, I, I had no idea what was going I, I thought AI was the future. I did not see <laughs> coming what, what, what happened with ChatGPT and all of this. Uh, but I, I thought it was because everybody who I spoke to and I was telling them about AI and chatbots, I'm like, what? What's that? <laughs> AI? Artificial intelligence. Oh. <laughs> they, it was very hard to even explain that technology. And it was hard to explain to them this is gonna was gonna was gonna help you to build audience to brand relationships at scale, sell more, do more. Whereas now, you know, my business is blowing up because everybody who sees AI hey, chatbots, yes, I want to learn more, I want to learn more, because they know what's what's happening. You were so ahead of like just ahead of the curve, which is like that's where you always want to be as an entrepreneur, right? I guess. Yes. Incredible. If you're ready to age young, discover the truth about accessing the fountain of youth and claiming your best ever health, check out our beautiful website at agerebels.com.au where you will find freebies, programs and more. Can you tell us exactly like we've all experienced chatbots, but what makes yours different and so successful? So what I focused on was building chatbots for Facebook Messenger and Instagram DM. Instagram DM was only opened to the public in 2021, late Mm -hmm. 2021. It was not Facebook compliant, like people were doing it, but you could get your face banned and all of these things. Mm -hmm. So I focused on these two channels from the very beginning because they already have the audience. Like we have billions of people just sitting there. You just have to plug in this technology and capture them into a conversation. So what makes me different was that I was able to not only build chatbot systems that drive sales mainly for other businesses, like literally driving sales from their existing traffic. They don't have to do anything else. Don't spend more on ads. Don't do, don't affect anything else. You plug in a system like this and it drives more sales. Wow. That's so incredible. Th- so then, what I did, right, that's the chatbot. It's, it's a rule. It's based on rules, like if this, then that. So then on top of that, we stacked AI, which is Google's AI dialogue flow. It's what we've been doing so far. Initially, we did it with Facebook Messenger. And then we figured out how to do it with Instagram DM, which is crazy because a chatbot, if you've interacted with any sort of chatbot, it's, you know, you click buttons back and forth. If you type something in it, you say, like, how is this product going to work for me? it's going to break or stop because it's just automation. It, it doesn't understand. What, but AI is basically natural, natural language understanding, which is built to understand what, you're, what you're, you've trained it around. So for example, I'm going to train it around a topic. For example, let's say, do you ship to all the countries in the world? So we've trained it to know this business does it ship to, you know, Australia, UK, France, and it doesn't ship to, I don't know, Romania. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever somebody comes in and types something, hey, by the way, do you guys ship to Australia? And how much is it? It's going to understand exactly what's asked about. Countries, context is Australia and it responding context. That's Wow. So the two, to, I can see the power of the two together, yeah. being able to ask it questions, but then also get a more personalized and effective, I would say, answer to the question being asked. And then the compilation of data that's being collected of what questions. So I imagine that that the 
accumulation of that data will help to make the answers even more potent. Correct. As time moves on. Yes. Okay. And the the chat the chatbot system is not built to be reactive. As in, I'm only handling in qu- uh, questions coming in. I'm not going to do anything else. It's built to be proactive. So if people comment on a post, it's going to send a DM instantly. You know, say, hey, Ooh. thanks for commenting. Um, how can I help you today? You know, take a recommendation. that happen. <laughs> now I know how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how did they do that? I know. <laughs> and mm. all sorts of, like, 10 to 15 different triggers, people mentioning you, let's say you have a brand, right? They mention you in their stories. Chatbot sends either, it can simply be a thank you. It doesn't always have to sell something. But then past that point, you're captured in this web where the chatbot can help you progress to checkout, help you choose something, give you a discount, maybe a discount that expires so that it can get you to purchase faster. But also, if you don't purchase, it's designed to start following up on you over months. And you can stop so it's it. like a retargeting campaign. That's yeah. It. So okay. it's going to start following up and it's not going to be salesy. 80% is what we advise. 80% is going to be value driven. So educate people more around your brand. How does your product work? Do they have questions about it. Do you have, you know, do you have something entertaining to show them? And that's how you bring them closer to the product and to the brand, build a relationship, and then eventually they're going to buy. Sorry, as I'm taking a bit of airspace here, I just have another question. No, keep going. No, I love it. Just in mm-hmm. reference to when you were designing this business, you have a really intelligent way of self-inquiry, reflecting backwards, reflecting forwards, and being able to provide the best quality answer for yourself in the moment based on that analysis. I imagine that comes from your accounting background and being able to crunch information into an outcome. And your dad. <laughs> yes, correct. I'm, uh, I'm data-driven. I'm very analytical. My dad is, right. is, is the same. Right. Um, and I self, I learn, I learn very fast from, from the things that I'm doing, from the things that's working, uh, things that are not working. So whenever I think the, the product or the service that I currently have, I didn't think about it two years ago. I just tried out a lot of things right. and I realized, all right, mo- most of these things didn't work. So then let's take what worked, what's worked and Build on top of that. So it's that concept of failing forward. Mm. But what I'm, what I'm curious about with all of the data analysis and all of the, the methods of thinking that you apply to where you're at now, is any of it relevant to the lifestyle that you're working towards? So is there, do you have a vision out in the future somewhere that you're building this to be able to provide for you and your daughter? There's, there's only so much you can spend. Like at, at this point, we have more than we need. And I'm happy with that. She's happy with that. And the vision is to keep, to keep finding a challenge that's challenging to me that if I nail it, I'm going to prove to myself, right now I'm here. And then when I'm here, like, all right, what's next? And then just work through. It's just about the, t- the challenge. Right. Cause I know when people say, oh, um, you know, happiness and all of these things and money, like it's really a matter of doing what you want to do or, or freedom. So to me, that's kind of where I'm going. So I've achieved the freedom, which is what I've all, always wanted uh, to do what I want to do, what I want to do. I, I know I'm working nights, but <laughs> I'm working But that's by choice, right? It yeah. is. I mean, I, I love what I'm doing. Yes. 
I resonate with that. You know, I, I, I hire, I'm, I've been hiring, I've been building a team all of this, this first half of the year. And the latest team that I onboarded, I was introducing her to the team and everybody was talking about themselves, their hobbies. And, and then it came my turn and I'm like, guys, I have no hobbies. <laughs> I, I work all the time. <laughs> That's my hobby. Like, I love it because it's a challenge in everything that I do. Now I can't figure out something. Well, <laughs> now I'm busy <laughs> figuring out something. Actually, do you know what I love about that, Isaac? What? Is that I can really resonate with that. And I was made to feel bad or wrong for loving to work so much, mm. for, for loving what I did, for loving being challenged and overcoming challenges. And it wasn't even for ego. It was just, oh, and what more? What more can I learn? It was this thirst for knowledge. And I was made to feel bad for that by parents, friends, you know, not being present enough, et cetera. But I was actually really happy, probably my most happy. And that's what it's about. Right. Yeah, mm. exactly. Isn't mm. that the end goal? So, and it's different for everyone, right? Correct. Correct. Mm. And like to me, I you know, let's, let's say lonely. I ended up um, alone, like, because all of the people that were telling me, you know, crazy to leave Romania, you have everything here, where are you going? <laughs> I, I came here, I was broke for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> for, for quite a long time. Right, like passage. <laughs> <laughs> so like all of my family, my friends, you know, even my ex-husband, like nobody saw what I was seeing, but I was chasing something that I, I couldn't see exactly what it, what it was, but I knew that that's my challenge. The, the challenge was to, to figure it out. Obviously, first of all, you have to provide for yourself, for, your daughter, for my daughter, uh, which I eventually, <laughs> eventually managed. But then past that point, I guess the vision is to just keep finding new challenges and solving them. Because mm. otherwise, like, what am I going to do? Well, we definitely need people like you in the world, most certainly. And we need the ones that love to just spend the time being. I found a nicer balance in the doing and the being now, which I'm really enjoying. But I, it, I go through periods where I'd like to do more. And then I go through periods where I'd like to be more. So, yeah, it's interesting, an entrepreneur's journey. And I think you, lo- you learn a lot as you go through. So mm-hmm. I've initially, like I was burning out every eight to nine months. I was destroyed. Like I was... I was getting sick because I wasn't, because I wasn't understanding like, what's the priority? I wanted to do, I wanted to do it all. So then I was working nonstop, but then I was also going to the gym as like, I'm just going to lift heavier every time. And then I was trying to do it all. But then, you know, and Alex Hormozzi said this and I said it, I don't know if I said it literally before I heard it, but I said it a while before I heard it from him. Something's got to give. So always something's going to give. If you're going to excel at something, you can't build a business and go and train like at your hardest and be at your, at your peak. And like something's always going to give and you just have to prioritize. And that's, those were some of the biggest learnings that I've had over the last maybe three years. Because I realized that, okay, I have to take it a little bit easier with training because it wasn't going anywhere. I was like, I keep, I keep burning out. <laughs> Yes. So then I focused a lot more on, on the business. So, yeah, it was just that calibration of where you were placing your time and effort so that you weren't overachieving in all areas, but there was a, a specific spotlight that you had. But, but I wasn't even overachieving right? because I, 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 I was always taking a few steps back whenever I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. From, from burning out. Correct. So this is where you come in, Isaac, and help people with that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you well, that's the one of the things that why people get trainers because you're outsourcing that. Everyone has a finite level of will, and that runs out. And so, to book in an appointment with you know your trainer, and then you know you're going to show up. You don't have to think about it, and you trust that because um, Liz's trainer David also is a little bit crazy and hilarious. So he gets, she gets the full entertainment and everything. Yeah. He's such a character. I tell him all the time, I get the full package. Yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. But yeah, like I ended yeah. up getting more PT sessions in the last maybe month, six weeks, because about six months ago, maybe seven months ago, I started just gradually dropping off training because I work, I start my day at 2 a.m. plus minus because I work on the U.S. time zone. Oh, right. Yes. Clients are in the U.S. My team is in the, is there. So if I start at two and I have back-to-back meetings and then I go to the gym at 8.45 or 9, I'm, I'm pretty much dead. Yes, <laughs> I would be. So I was going at that time and I was running a lot. I've been running a lot in the last few years with weights. I just started gradually. I just couldn't do it. I went to the gym, started an exercise. I felt like... I felt like dying every time I was in. I did a couple, (laughs) then I left. (laughs) So then gradually, probably about three to four months ago, I just stopped going to the gym. I had one session with with Davey, um, the upper body, which I said, like, we're doing this no matter what, because I'm not going to do it myself. I don't like training. (laughs) (laughs) But then everything else, which is like, and then we started skipping that one maybe a couple of times. And then I ended up not going to the gym for weeks, weeks on end. I wasn't running. I wasn't pretty much doing anything. So that started to trigger, um, you know, this is not going anywhere. I'm still, I'm still tired. I need to get some help to get me back. Because if I continue doing that, I'm going to get out of shape. I'm not going to like that. Because it was a high value for you. It's, it's always, I mean, in the last maybe 10 years. Yeah. It's because I, I managed to get in shape eventually, maybe 10 years ago. And then obviously I liked it. <laughs> I, I don't want to. So I told Davey, I'm like, right, we're going to start three times a week. All I want to have to do is make it to the gym. Past that point, you have to make me do whatever I have to do, whether, whether it's an easier day. Like if I, if I go to the gym and I'm, I keep yawning and I'm very tired, it's going to take it easier, but I'm still going to get it done. So, But it's interesting where you said, um, you know, you get in shape because you showed me what was your before photo. And he said, yeah, yeah, I was, I was like heavy. And it's like, oh, I reckon that's only five kilos. <laughs> oh, it was, no, it was, it was 10. It was 10 Was plus. it 10? 10 plus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all have a set point though. Like I put on a couple of kilos and I feel like, oh, and, and people say constantly, people say, oh my God, there's something wrong with you. It's like, no, yeah. you don't understand what my comfort zone is in my body. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel a certain way in my clothes, in my jeans, particularly jeans are my, my thing that, that tell me whether I'm doing well or not. And I have a narrow set point and I do that deliberately because it's such a high value. And I'm curious about people's set points and when they get past it and then way past it, I'm curious about what allows them or what, what they tell themselves that keeps them going in that direction. It's um, something I find fascinating, but it sounds like you have a set point as well. In the direction of gaining weight? Yes. Ah, well, I, I would assume you, you don't want to deal with it, which I've n- never understood. 
Yeah. Like if you're seeing that something is going out of hand, again, it's common sense. Do something about it. Yes. And it's, mm-hmm. I love what you say about the fitness world and the way that you, I've always had this philosophy is, and, and Isaac, you're very much like this in the way that you train people is the strength and the tenacity and the discipline that you have to get your butt to the gym and to eat the right foods, even when you want to eat the not so good foods or to know when to have some and when to pull back, to make those decisions, even against your emotional calling, I find that those same skill sets apply perfectly to operating a business successfully. You know, when things are getting out of hand financially, when things are getting out of hand with your stuff, you make a decision to bring it back into that that set point of what you know works. Yep. The interesting thing is everyone has their own genetic makeup, their emotions, but what I can see, and correct me if I'm wrong with you, you really feel into things. Yes, you're very cerebral, but the thing is if you put on, say, three or four kilos, you would really feel it, you know, just walking around, and I'm thinking either same. You'd really, you'd really feel it. Yep. And so it comes down to not so much that harsh discipline, but the reward that you say, because clearly you're a person who delays gratification. You say, well, like with the chatbots, if this, then that, and you have that similar approach. So with your, what, what, because you've spoken a lot about like the success and, and what drives you, what really fulfills you about your work? Is it seeing, because I've, looked at your website and seen some like huge success of people who have 10x their business and things like that with your technology. I think what, what, what initially the, the, what I was aiming for in terms of fulfillment was proving to myself, first of all, because I left Romania where I had everything. I, mm-hmm. I had reached a point where I had a house, I had a car, I had like, all of the material things. And a career. So then I just drop. Like, mm. four. that's super courageous. It was just like mm. down, and then just I was down. I, so the the goal was first of all to prove that I can do it, mm. and then past the point where you know when I first, first got my first clients, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually working. <laughs> but then you know when I said about AI, that was something I saw it was different. So then. The other component was setting myself apart, just being unique, being different, being doing, doing something that nobody else does mm. and actually nailing it. So I think, I think that's kind of where, where I'm always looking at just doing something different and getting, getting very good at it. And then because I got so good at it, I have all eyeballs on me and then I can look at the next, next thing. What else can I do? What's the next challenge? So what about that do you feel like really like fulfills you like where you go to bed at night or probably in the afternoon, I don't know when, <laughs> do, you, do you actually sleep? <laughs> but, where, but where you're like, ah, that what really, not just the business success, but, you know, because you've got this, by the sounds of it, an amazing 11-year-old daughter that was a chip off the old block, by the sounds of things, which we'll um, talk about in a moment. Progress. I guess mm. progress, whether that's, and it's in some areas, progress is going to be so slow sometimes that you can't even, you can't even perceive it. But because I've done it a few different times, like just the visa to get, to get the visa for Australia, mm. that was a two year 
journey where I knew where I was going, but it was moving so incredibly slowly. And then the same thing with figuring out an online business. I started in 2016, but I only nailed it in late 2020. Mm. So then to me, everything that I do every day, first of all, I do a lot of new things. Business-wise, I'm not doing something and I'm not starting a new business. Or just business-wise, I'm learning new things. I'm testing them out. Some don't work. Perfectly fine with that. I know most things are not mm. supposed to work. Mm. But just seeing that progress, knowing that I've, I've had progress throughout the day, whether it's in my business, whether I've learned something, I've read something, listened to something. Or another challenge to me this year was, can I, can I really build a team? Can I really build a culture? Can I? So that's, that's mm. the, the same, same thing applies there. Progress where I'm seeing everybody's keeping up. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to. And that's because I've put a lot of work into this and I've, the same thing, it's progress. But it's so small every, every day that sometimes it, it can even be, you, you cannot perceive it. You can't put your your finger yes. on like, all right, it's I did cumulative. this. It's like, yeah. I did this. Maybe I, I can't really tell what I did, but I know that I've done it. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's like a compound interest. interest. Yeah. It's, it looks like nothing, but all of a sudden one day you look from a, from, you know, a bird's eye view and you go, whoa. And that happened. That was the same as my experience in business. It felt like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then boom. Yeah, yeah. which is sensational. It sounds to me, I recently did a values test that a friend of mine, Becca, sent through or she put it up on Instagram. I thought, oh, how fun. And definitely growth is one of my highest values. It sounds to me the question that you're asking, Isaac, Mm. growth. And I think Mm. there are some of us souls put on this planet, literally just to see how much we can grow in one lifetime. And that's, that's a difficult choice because it means we're in the pressure cooker a lot. It means that there are a lot of times in life where you just don't know the answer. It and also it's hard. Means, it also means you're going to likely be alone. Yes. For, for Very true. You're just going to get, not left alone, but because you're looking at things like this and progress and growth is all that you're striving to, whereas maybe a lot of your friends or family don't. Yes. And they don't understand it. Or tell you, Mm. you're working too much. Mm -hmm. So then what type of conversations do you have with people around you? You don't. That's right. (laughs) Because you're like, you're like this and they're just, they're still there. That's what they talk about. You know, the, there's a couple of quotes, it's lonely at the top or the 1% of the 1%, you know, those, those types of conversations and you don't really understand them until you start to move towards them. And then you realize all the friends fall away. You stop getting invites to things or, and mainly because we stop showing up to them because we're so in love with what we're doing. And then accusations come and judgments and various things. But I think it's what's wonderful about that is we need people like that in the world to be able to create change and innovation and all of the things that make this world a better place to live in. Uh, but also I think in this world of AI and the world of social media and also just um, I've noticed in this location of Gold Coast, a lot of us are starting to meet each other. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm developing an amazing community of the same I'm type of yet. people. <laughs> well, let me help you with that. <laughs> but it does actually after a period of time when you pop your head out and you go, oh, actually, I think I'd like to 
it has to be an intention. I have an intention now. My challenge is to create a circle of people like me. And that was terrifying for me because I was so okay with being on my own or being alone that when I started to do that, it was like, no, not that one, not that one, not that one. But then it started to happen and it was actually more, it came to me than me looking for it based on the intention. So what? But that's that's what I'm gonna say. When I say lonely, like not lonely alone. So yes. I'm I'm yeah. perfectly fine yes, being I get it. I'm very happy just yes. doing my own thing. But it's it's still you're still alone. Yes. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but Yeah, I'd I'd be interested to check in with you in twelve months and see if you say uh, my cup is full of that. And now I think I'm ready to pop my head out and say, hey, is there anyone out there? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you love this podcast, tell your mum oh, and your dad and your grandpa and your friends. You spoke about Alex Hormozzi and when he first went up first. And if you don't know Alex Hormozzi, uh, Google him. He's all over the place and quite an amazing fellow in this whole AI space and whole internet marketing. And he was describing how AI is going to take over things and it's going to really help us. And I haven't experienced it recently where my internet stopped working at home and just logged on to my app with um, Optus. And it just asked a whole lot of questions, clearly a chatbot took me probably seven minutes backwards and forwards and then said, oh yeah, sounds like your modem is faulty what time tomorrow suits for a technician to come around bam like that the guy arrived right on time yep he might out and to me rather than sitting on the phone and going i'll just get to my supervisor i can't help you with that one which we've had you know for years so what's your what's your advice to people who are kind of freaking out about ai saying it's going to take their job and etc i People who are scared about AI taking their job, I think the first thing that's going to happen is not AI taking their job, but a human who learns how to take, who use AI, that human is going to take oh. their job. Oh, boom. What an answer. <laughs> <laughs> because ah, you, 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 here we go. we don't really know what's going to happen. Look, even with AI, like I had this idea, I didn't see it coming, what was happening now. And Everybody who thought about AI, we, and Alex Hormozzi actually said this, we all thought that when AI steps in, it's going gonna, it's gonna to replace the, the more mechanic jobs, yes. mm. whereas it flipped it. It replaced the, it started with writing, creativity. So yeah. it was totally something that nobody saw, saw, saw coming. So now I think... Every the, the one thing that all of us can do is to get on top of it. Yeah. Learn how to use it in anything, everyday life. Like, you know, just have ChatGPT on your phone and start speaking, like learning. If, if somebody is more advanced, they're going to start using it in their businesses, like scheduling appointments, implementing yeah. it. But, you know, just writing, writing an email. You can literally have AI suggest how to write your emails in a better voice, in a, based on the context that that conversation is in. So then what we sh- should all be doing right now is learn how to use it because it's not going to stop here. Mm. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's any way this is going to just go back yeah. to where we didn't have ChatGPT or yeah. AI. Mm. 
Yeah, and the the interesting thing is that, and I've had discussion with people saying, yeah, but it, then you lose your own mind, you lose your own creativity. And I actually think the opposite because when I've written something and then fed it through chat GPT, for example, I thought, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. I agree it with you. It opens another door and mm. then I'll go and do some research and something and feed it more information. Correct. And so it's expanded yes. what I'm actually going to present to the world because it's given me like when – I was a young fellow and we had to go into the library. You know? <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Haven't we come you a know? long way? And so that's really, really slow. And people say, well, why should the world be faster? As well, we, we're going to survive better if we can get on top of problems. We know that the planet's getting messed up with pollution and everything. You know, Chat GPT is going to get more people on board to be able to agree on, okay, there's a solution to these sort of problems. Yeah. And- the thing is that whoever thinks, yeah, but it's doing this and it's doing this, it's doing it anyway. Yes. It's going to happen. Yeah. The resistance yeah. to it is not going to change <laughs> it. Correct. Yeah. And I think governments will have to regulate some of the things. Like, you know, right now you can literally create fake videos of, you know, Alex Hormozzi yeah. saying stuff he hasn't said. <laughs> that, no, that's I didn't know the, that. That's, yes. Again, that's, yeah. that's not on us. It's on the government. So. Somebody's mm. going to have to do something there. But the fact that AI is here, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to change unless we you know, lose access to inter- the internet. <laughs> I think it's discernment too. I mean, people who are yeah. switched on and they follow someone like Alex, they would know whether he's going to, if people are using him to promote somebody, then they will know he's not going to do mm. that. Co- correct. Yeah. And they will find a solution to this. Yes. I mean, p- people will get in trouble because I've, I've seen it, uh, videos of Joe Rogan now promoting all sorts of supplements, which he has never promoted. Yes. <laughs> um, it, they're made up. But it, I, I think at, at this point, it's just a matter of jump, jump on it and learn how to use it because otherwise you're just going to probably find very cool. Now, we need to finish up, but I, I do love this question that you put together, Isaac, about courage. Can you go ahead with that Yeah, because I, I, I did my research on you because I, since I started speaking, I thought, I am fascinated by this human being. No, seriously, because just where you came from and the fact that you direct message 600 people in, you know, you would have done it in a day. It's like, wow. So this quote of yours. I love it. It's like courage. It is the only virtue you can't fake. Whether it's AI or any other life goal, you need the courage to go after it and make it happen. And then you said, there's a solution to every problem. You just have to be stubborn enough to find it. You've clearly applied this to every part of your life and including bringing up your young daughter. And you have quite a unique relationship, but also a partnership such as how she earns money, yeah? And I wanted to bring this up because I I have clients and they say, I've got children, I've got a business, I've got this, I've got that, I I can't exercise, I can't eat right. And I just sort of thought, hmm, I'm going to present Lisiana Carter and how she does her stuff. (laughs) We need an AI version to give the answer. And the thing is, well, look, we don't have video, but if you saw her, you were like, oh, do you have supermodels as well? It's like she's absolutely stunning. So she does, you know, it's – she puts it all together, time, discipline, and clearly she makes decisions about what she's going to put her time into, and the result is voila. So could you answer that question? Now? So with my daughter, I think it's, it's very important to me, and as she's going to find out, it's going to be very important for her that she is prepared 
for the world she's going to live in. So by the education that, and I've, I haven't, I'm, I just came up with stuff along the way and it just worked <laughs> with, with her because n- none of us are perfect. We don't know exactly what we're oh, doing. No, we don't. <laughs> no instruction menu with kiddies. <laughs> but I, I'm building a default state in her. So what I, when I think of the def- a default state, I think my, my parents, in particular my dad, did this with me without realizing it. Got me to just do stupid amounts of work, just walk for so long, study for so long, do this for so long. Just like work that you wouldn't normally, like, I'm just going to do a little bit. No. For me, it's important that she's prepared to put in the work so that the point where she wants anything when she's 18, 20, 30, 40, whatever she wants to achieve in life, she's going to have what it takes to get it. And the only way to get things, because many of us, we want, you know, everything, the nice house, living on the beach, living on the ground, but it's not that easy. You literally have to put in the boring work nobody wants to do every single day and outwork everybody who you meet yeah that's the Mm, truth of it yeah so i want this to be her default state because this was my default state i didn't realize it at the time but then in time i saw that whatever i i start doing because in school i was never brilliant i was like a guys have a different you have c's here like yeah i was probably a c student yeah maybe because i took the i had those grades and i realized all right but if i study like three hours or four hours more than the rest of my colleagues, then I'm going to have B's. I didn't really have A's, but. <laughs> so then with her, I'm giving her the opportunity to earn things. So right now, you know, with kids, if kids have parents who have money, they're, they tend to be entitled. Yes. So then what I tell Erin is, Erin, I have money, you don't. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, and, and I'm here to support. So she can earn money. She has multiple ways of earning money. Like, you know, she cleans most of the time the house. She, all dishes, trash, laundry, car. That's house chores that she gets paid. She has a, a project management tool that she marks as done. And then Fantastic. it adds to her. <laughs> and also she gets paid to doing extras. So if, for example, she does coding twice a week. She wakes up at 5.30. She has one-on-one tutoring with a coding teacher in Texas. She does AI tutoring with Elon Musk's school. She, she gets paid for a lot of these things. She does extra swimming. She gets paid for that. She does extra something. She gets paid for that. So she has all of this list of chores she can do, and she earns money. So she can earn, I don't know, maybe $60, $70 if she, want, if she wants to, a week. And that she can use however she wants. For example, if she comes to me and like, oh, I want this new uh, Nike pros or whatever. Great. Go buy them. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to buy a Kmart shoes. <laughs> yes. Because. <laughs> yes, because as a parent, yes. That's it. Because, you know, they're going to grow out of them and various things and it's kind of pointless. I was always the same. Yeah. Correct. So by building her, this into her, like do a lot of exercise, like she's doing like a lot of sport. You know, learn how to eat. At least learn the theory. Yes. Whether you do it or not, you're going to know it. Like when, Because <laughs> eventually she will want that information. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, study. Like, and she does. Sometimes I let her get away with the little things just because she already got so good at doing the more, more important things. So literally she wakes up at 5.30 a.m. 
and she does her coding class. I don't have to do anything about it. So when she's after the point where she started getting very good at doing the the educational part, because that's really my legacy to her, education. I'm going to give you everything that you need for you to do anything that you want in your life. You're 20, you want to go to America, go to wherever you want, but I want her to be prepared for the world that she's going to live in. Mm, I absolutely love that. And I think... Inspiring. It is. And, you know, from my perspective, it is a more difficult version of parenting. It means that you need to help keep them more accountable to themselves, not necessarily to you as the parent, because there is a cause and effect. There is a consequence of them not doing the work. There's There's a positive consequence of doing the work or the negative consequence of not doing the work means you have lack or you don't experience these things. And I've always found that's a a more effort-driven version of parenting. So it's harder, I guess. But I find it so much more, uh, as you say, rewarding as a parent and also for them to be able to go out in the world and be able to navigate it with this level of intelligence they will never be taught at school, ever. Yeah. Correct. Mm. And this default, and I think what is so brilliant, and I think it would be wonderful if they were to somehow put in this in school where we're always taught get the mark to get the tick from the teacher. It's not self-accountable. What you're teaching Erin is very much self-accountable and to have that as her default, she's going to fly. Oh, absolutely. So people will be interested in you and what you're doing. Where can people find you? Well, if they look up Lisiana Carter on any social platform, there's just one of me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll put links in the show and notes. And your company? Yes, my, my business is Grow AI. So the, business, the, the website is getgrowai.com. Perfect. Well, this has been incredibly inspiring. Very. And I know there's a lot of people listening that will be nodding away or waking up to, oh, wow, is that what it takes? Uh, So thank you so much for spending time with us in your very busy schedule. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And we look forward to hearing the next evolution that you conquer. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks, Liz. If you love this podcast, give us five stars and we'll love you right back. Thanks for joining this podcast. Want to take the conversation further and learn more about how to live an energised and pain-free life as you age? Then jump into our website at agerebels.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Age Rebels Revolution. Mm -hmm.